Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I could not lose that anger. I could not lose it. Gotta play angry. What do you think about that? You are fueled by anger and hate. I am. And now you had a target. (laughs) Yeah. These kids clearly took your ball. But but he held up. They were waiting. They were waiting for the entire front nine. When can we sub out this low-rent pinnacle (laughs) for Tony's TP5? And it was, was, you know, bruised. It was a a bad pinnacle. For the non-golfers, this is like the Honda that used to be parked out here. A pinnacle just carries a certain weight to it. It's not just a golf ball. It's a smack in the face. Yeah. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Lots of email about that, I'm happy to say. <laughs> I just wanted to start with a couple of email that have nothing to do with that, because they're just lovely. From Ethan Anderson, he writes, it's, about, it's entitled Kirktober. It's about Kirk Cousins in October. Oh, hushed October morning mild in hours when Cousins throws the ball and empty stats have been compiled, his team will fall. The pointless points will cast a pall as time ticks down with every throw. In second halves, when Kirk goes wild, there's nothing else you need to know. And it's signed Ethan Anderson, who is no Robert Frost, but it's really good. It's that really is. good. And it expresses what I told you years ago, that Kirk Cousins is, is a hollow man. He has a lot of statistics. He doesn't win a lot of games. He's overpaid. And, and the result is Minnesota is 1-4. and four, one Just and wait five. for a win-and-go game in December. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And this one also, this is from Seth Rosner, uh, who writes, On Monday's show, I experienced what was basically a double David Aldridge moment. The first one came, as it has before, with your playing of the jingle as performed by the University of Missouri Marching Band. The school is my alma mater, and the band is proudly led by Dr. Amy Knops, um, who was one of my classmates while at Mizzou. The second portion of that moment came with the email regarding Calvin Murphy and his time at Niagara. My father grew up as a childhood friend with Calvin Murphy, as they were only separated by a year back in Norwalk, Connecticut. I was often regaled by stories about Mr. Murphy's range as a shooter, when there was obviously no three-point line, his jumping ability, and almost just as often his prowess as a baton twirler. In fact, while I attended Mr. Murphy's high school alma mater, Norwalk High, the address was changed to 23 Calvin Murphy Drive to honor his induction into the NBA Hall of Fame. Truly connective tissue. I just like those, and I wanted to talk about those. Um, I also, I should talk about, I guess, the pants, right, Michael? The LL Bean pants. Your dungarees? Yes, my dungarees. Are you wearing the dungarees? I am not. Um, I can't wear them. Uh, you have a certain position on LL Bean and their sizing, right? I, I think it's a comfortable size. Comfortable. I won't size. be any more critical than that. All right, so um, a few years back, I was as high as a 38. I wore 38 pants. But a true 38, not like some others. Right, a true 38. (laughs) Right, 38, not a phony 36, as some others talk about. No, it was a true 38, and you measure, as I've said many times, you measure by Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers is an absolute true measurement down to the centimeter. They know what they're doing. With the double button. Now, sadly... They're out of business now, or they were just bought. I mean, I don't know who's making their clothes. I don't know if it's still the same. But I had mentioned that Calvin Klein, for example, is very, very generous. So if you're 38, you can wear a 36 or even a 35 at Calvin Klein. Okay? So then I got to about 36, almost, kind of, sort of, 36, a little plus, at Brooks Brothers. And then I just stopped eating. With the pandemic, I stopped eating completely to the point where Danny, who came over yesterday um, to cut my hair, just said, oh, you're sick. What happened to you? You're so thin. What's the matter? And she felt my left shoulder and, and 
and shook her head. And I went, my left shoulder? I mean, come on. Anyway, anyway, I digress. So now I'm below 36, but I ordered what I ordered from L.L. Bean. Well, this started last year when I gifted you a pair of pants at a 34, and you almost didn't want to try them on. And I wear them, the golf pants. And they're a little big. Yeah, they are a little, a little big. big. So now I'm, I'm vanishing. I'm, I'm just wasting away. I don't think I'm sick, but we're all sick and we're all dying. We all know that day. We're all day to day, as we say. <laughs> anyway, I ordered these, uh, and I've shrunk, so I have to, instead of wearing 32s on inseam, I want 31s, but there are no 31s. Oh, you have to get them specially hemmed. you got to get 30. So I ordered 35.30 from L.L. Bean. That's $50, $49.95 or something like that. You know, and I felt, okay, I'll get a pair of jeans. You know, I, I, they'll be good. I don't really wear them anywhere except taking the dog out, walking around, stuff like that. Did you get in the, the flannel liner? No, I didn't get that. Didn't get that. Didn't do anything like that. I think Johnny O makes pants with flannel liners, actually. I think Pete Creedon has a pair of those. So, um, to play golf in. So I got them and I tried them on and they were big everywhere you could be big. They're big in the can. They're big in the hips. They're big in the waist. They're no good. I'm not going to send them back. It's not enough money. You know, it's, it's 50 bucks. But I don't know what to do. And Carol said you would laugh at me. So feel free to laugh. So I, I called dad last night in between bath time. The, Henry had already had his. Walker was upstairs with Liz. I'm outside. It's a dark evening. And he goes, I got the new jeans. And I haven't heard your voice sound so sad in a long time. <laughs> I and I just go on, on a scale of zero to 10, how bad are we talking? I said eight, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Oh, and oof. I said, do you, seven to eight, that's wearable. You know, they're wearable. That's three times a week. They're wearable, but they're, you know, no, it's no good. So immediately the image uh, that came to my mind was Grandpa Ira in the later years. Yeah, so my father, um, my father who had, this was interesting, my father was by occupation a dress cutter. He made women's clothing in the garment center when he was employed, which was not all the time. But uh, when he retired, and he had very beautiful taste in women's clothing. My mother's clothing was always quite nice. But he had terrible taste in men's clothing. He was one of those guys that wore stripes with plaids. He was one of those guys who wore, like, the same T-shirt nine days in a row and be filthy and disgusting. I mean, and I would look at my father and go, well, how can this be? How can... How can you wear this? This is as I would go down to his apartment and slam a 20 on the table and say, turn the air conditioning on. As it was just so hot, just so hot in the house. And he had, you know, and so for Michael to say, now I'm... The I'm, stained V-neck I'm white very, t-shirts. Right, I'm very careful about that. I don't do that. I change clothes all the time. I'm very, Feel you out of the chair. I'm very careful. Yeah, he sweated so much in the apartment that... There were stains on all the wow. um, couches and chairs, you know, human, human stains, like sweat stains. We still have that chair. You have the oh. chair? It's at the beach. No, that's a different chair. Well, was- that's a Norgahide chair. That doesn't have those stains. Maybe it does. I don't know. I threw all, all the stuff out. I mean, I couldn't even give it away. I mean, it was just like, no. Anyway, so for my son to conjure up the name of my dad and to tell me essentially I'm going down that road was sad for me. So I made sure to wear nice clothes today, even though they don't fit. Um, in sports news, we didn't talk about any of the games on Monday night, and I don't really care uh, because they're, they're dead and gone. Uh, Kansas City ran all over Buffalo, and yeah. Arizona ran all over. Dallas about stinks. Them Cowboys? Dallas, Dallas stinks. And it's they Dallas stink. Week. Yeah, but they're going to beat the Redskins, I can, like, the Washington football team. By the way, there's a story that, the, that that's going to be the name <laughs> for at year. least another year. Yeah, you know sure. what? 
the logo it, looks great and the name's not bad. It's not bad. It's better than it was. And the logo really looks sort of classic. I just wanted to say established 2020. Yeah, but instead of established <laughs> 1923 or something like that. But it's really, it's, you know, you could do a lot worse and they will. When they pick a name, they will do a lot worse. Washington football team is fine. Um, so Dallas is terrible, but they will beat Washington. They'll beat Philadelphia. They'll be four and four and they'll win the division, even though they're terrible. What I wanted to talk about was Tua is going to get a start. Miami goes into a bye. Miami won two games in a row with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's, I guess, the only NFL quarterback that I saw live in college. He was Harvard's quarterback. He came to play Penn on the coldest day in the history of the world. And I watched him for about a half. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, saying to you, he's good. He's good. I never thought he'd be in the pros, but he was a good quarterback. So they've won two in a row with him. Uh, they beat the Jets, which is no great accomplishment, but they beat San Francisco, a pretty good team, and they scored 76 points in those two games with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's completing 70% of his passes, which is probably in the top five in all of the NFL. And I don't know why you'd go to Tua coming out of a bye. Okay, you drafted him. Okay, he's your quarterback of the future. I get all of that. But these guys get rocked in their rookie year. Ask Joe Burrow what it's like. Ask Justin Herbert what it's like. Go back to Sam Donald and Daniel Jones, who may be scarred for life by starting early like this. I will tell you this, that the most successful way to do this is the way Kansas City did it. Kansas City had a pretty good team with Alex Smith, and they let Patrick Mahomes watch for 15 games. They put him in in the 16th game, and they told Alex Smith, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go with this kid. The next year, he was the MVP, and the year after that, he won the Super Bowl. Because he got to sit and watch, which is how it used to be done all the time without the pressure of money and television. Aaron Rodgers. Social media. Aaron Rodgers sat for a while. He sat behind a Brett Favre. He sat for two full years at least behind Brett Favre. Mark Rippon sat a long time. Mark Rippon is not in that. He's, he was a terrific quarterback for Washington, but he's not in the Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to the Hall of Fame. So, you know, and, and Fitzpatrick's been a prince about this because he knows it's going to happen. I just... I don't get it. They're three and three in a not very good division. Miami, Buffalo, New England. New England's not as good as it was. Buffalo seems to have been exposed lately. Miami could be a playoff team. Fitzpatrick has done well. Michael, you do you have any thought? I just I just think it's hasty. That would be the word I would use. Hasty. Well, with Fitzmagic, you've seen he's had like four or five different arcs to his career. He has and, terrible games. Right. And he, he So put two in in a terrible game. Put him in. So Don't the only thing I want to look at is I'd look at their schedule and just see where does the remainder of their division games lie? Because is this the type of thing you can put two in right now and still come back to Fitzpatrick if you need to, if there's something in play later? Because... I feel like Fitzpatrick's had these starts where then you, you just sort of say, I'd actually give the kid a couple games by the end of the year. I would do that too by the end of the year. But when Fitzpatrick is playing well, because you know he's going to not play well at some point, and then the natural position is you sub in Tua in the middle of a game and you see what happens. They put him in for two small pass plays. And by the way, he runs, he's lefty, so he obviously runs that way. That's his favorite side. But he tends to run backwards before releasing the ball, which I think will not necessarily hurt his accuracy, but hurt his strength down the field. And we'll see. It's just not, it's not something I would have done. There's one other thing Rams, I want Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos. Next four. Well, three of them are not the roughest teams in the world. You know, not the roughest teams in the world. One other thing. We had helicopters flying over our house two days ago. 
and they were flying very low. I would tell you that they were no more than 50 feet over the house, one helicopter going back and forth in a repetitive pattern, not 50 feet over the tree line, not 50 feet. You could look in, you could see who was sitting in the helicopter very easily. And it happened about four or six times, and it happened in the early evening. And it's sort of scary. There's a story in the Washington Post yesterday that these things are measuring radiation. They have something to do with the inauguration. They have something to do with Homeland Security. They have something to do with something. This is a phony baloney story. I don't have any idea what the truth is, but this was a government agency just saying, well, we're going to say this and make it look like we know what we're talking about, and this will mollify the people out there who are wondering why there is a helicopter flying so low over its house. And, you know, and I... And, did, do you have that? Did you have that? Nigel, I did. I've, I've seen the story. Why were, were they just targeting the 20015? Was this throughout I DC? I, the story is not expansive enough to satisfy me. Yeah, it's talking that's about like, radiation. Yeah, Something sounds, about radiation. That it's sounds an fishy. excuse story. Yes, it's very fishy. Now, it's very when, fishy. When it was that low, could you shout up to them and ask them if they could see the red bocce ball from up there? I, I, it, was, it was low enough that in the absence of the great bocce, noise that the propeller makes, ball. you know, they could have heard me, yeah. But what I would have screamed up is, what are you doing? Hey, why are you so, well, what are you doing? I mean, seriously, not, what are you doing? It's very unnerving. When there's a helicopter, it's like, so low. House, it, and it it's is, going yeah. 120 well, it's, it's miles an hour. it's to separate this from when you saw low-riding helicopters over the summer, and then you try and look at the, the demo of this neighborhood and what, what, else you might be trying to say by having those fly around what is this what is this really i mean i think that's the fair question Come on, man what is this what's what we're really doing out here man? all right uh we'll get out of here is you're tim, not even gonna mention the baseball game well because tim kirchin is is on next okay i mean i just thought i'd go right into tim kirchin friends it. who are rooting for kershaw i just figured you'd want to mention the i game. was rooting for kershaw I was rooting for Kershaw. Kershaw had a real... Two things happened with Kershaw. He got out of the first inning when he could have not gotten out of the first Beat inning completely. Walk. Yeah. Slider, not slider. And, and I will tell you that that check swing strikeout with Hunter Renfro was a check swing as far as I was concerned. Different angles. And then there was a sort of a swinging bunt, and Kershaw made a good play and threw it 100 miles an hour to Muncie at first base. Regrip made you nervous. 100 miles an hour. Um, so I, yeah, and, and Dave Roberts protected him. Didn't let him go into the seventh, 78 pitches. Just said, that's enough, big boy. We need you again. Because in the seventh inning on in the playoffs, Kershaw's ERA is seven, three, one. So you don't want him out there. You don't, you don't have to, this is not the triumph of analytics. This is just Dave Roberts has watched this. You don't need it. So, and the Dodgers won. I was happy the Dodgers won in a sense. I mean, I, I know we root for Tampa Bay because of our friend, who's a coach there. But I think the Dodgers two times in a row got beat by cheaters. I know Houston cheated, and I think Boston cheated. Or else why would the manager not be there? Why, Nigel? Why would the manager not be there? You're a Boston fan. I'm sorry, my, my, my headphones aren't working. I, all I heard yeah. you say was the Red Sox are a fantastic organization. That's a, Tim Kirch no. and we were t- when we return. <laughs> Luke Tony Betts really is something special. I'm out. <laughs> You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is an Amazon Prime ad. Hey, football fans, are you an Amazon Prime member? Did you know you can watch Thursday Night Football live on Prime Video? That's right. It's the future of football. Not for me, because I'm too old. You can catch all the action on any device, almost anywhere in the world. Like, could I catch it on a pepper mill? That, to me, is a device. You know, <laughs> it's, I don't, what does this mean? Get next-gen stats. 
and watch in-game replays on demand, all within Prime Video's X-Ray. Don't know what that is. Next-gen stats are real-time stats powered by AWS. Don't know what that is. No more waiting around. You can access the current stats anytime. Need to check how your fantasy player is doing? This is the ideal way to stay up to speed. In-game, on-demand replays are accessible on your remote on Fire TV or by turning your mobile device sideways. We're gonna, kids are going to grow up. They're going to try and turn the dog sideways. They're going to try and turn everything sideways, including the pepper mill, if they have pepper mills. So if you're a streamer or simply want the most custom way of watching Thursday Night Football, turn in live, tune in live every Thursday starting October 8th. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. and the kickoff is 8.20 Eastern on Prime Video. Also available on Fox and the NFL Network. The NFL Network's simulcast is subject to change. Thursday Night Football is presented by Bud Light Platinum. Now, there's a lot in here. There's a tremendous amount. They're giving credit to the two um, over-the-air areas which have paid a tremendous amount of money for Thursday Night Football. They're talking about Bud Light Platinum, not just Bud Light, but Bud Light Platinum, which I guess is different. And they've got things like AWS and Next Gen Stats and Fire TV and this, that, and the other thing. This is a read that separates me from the people who listen because I'm too old. I don't understand any of this. I truly don't. And 95% of the people who listen do understand it and are laughing at me. Just turn that pepper grinder. They're just laughing at me. <laughs> You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called The North Woods. It is sent to us by Ian Warrington. And he writes, I'm an emergency medicine doctor at Sibley Hospital. I live near the intersection of Wisconsin and Jennifer, where I used to enjoy the occasional beer with work colleagues after a shift, back when chatter and normal social interactions still existed. I've been playing music since I was six years old, but I never tried writing or recording music until earlier this year when quarantine set in, and I needed to find, needed to find ways to relax between shifts. The songs I've attached are from my recently combined first album. Both are original compositions. I'm the only musician. But each song combines multiple instrumental tracks, a mix of violin, guitar, keyboard, and cello, in the style of traditional Scottish and Irish music. How great is this? How great is this? This is the North Woods. Later in the show, Ian Warrington will be back with another tune. And he plays in Tim Kirkchin, who had a busy day yesterday, and will have a busy day as the World Series goes on. I'm just going to start with this, you know, and it is a specific question rather than a general question. Clayton Kershaw delivered a very fine outing, helped along, I think, by his manager, Dave Roberts, who did not let him go into the seventh and pulled him after just 78 pitches. But in that first inning, Tim, in that first inning, I thought to myself, my God, this could be five. This could be five. I don't think Hunter Renfro went around on the checked swing call three. I don't think he did. And I think Kershaw made a fantastic play on the swinging bunt. He could have been out of the game. Am I overreacting? Um, no, Tony, um, nobody stays around anymore when, when we, after we start a game, they're getting those guys out of there so fast. Charlie Morton threw 66 pitches the other day in complete dominant form. And they took him out after 66. If you get in trouble today, especially if you're Clayton Kershaw, they're going to take you out. Now I agree with you on the check swing and I agree with you on the swing. Bunt. Now they're going to give him a little bit more rope. But they're right. not messing around anymore, nor should they. First sign of trouble. You have a 13-man pitching staff. Go get somebody else. That's how it works today. 
Now, it turns out to be a great game for Clayton Kershaw with a lot of strikeouts and a lot of swings and misses. And once again, John Smoltz, who is the best, said if he gets through the first, he'll settle in. The slider will come back. He'll be okay. And, and that is, you know, great recognizing. Great, obviously. But his history is so awful in the playoffs. It just looked like when you saw him in the post game, which I saw this morning, an incredible sigh of relief that he got through that game. Yeah, Tony, if you look at him talking about um, the last start he made and then you, talk, you look at him talking about this one, it's a completely different person. That's how relieved he was from yeah. not just winning a World Series game, but one that gets his team ahead in the series. Uh, after he lost the last game, I've never seen him that despondent, and he's a pretty upbeat guy. So, yeah, I think he looks at it and he's fighting for his legacy, but he's also never won a World Series, and this is his chance. He went up one nothing. That was the sigh of relief you saw on his face. And by the way, if you thought the Dodgers were good last year and the year before and the year before that, when they lost to one team that cheated and I believe lost to another team that cheated, then got beat by the Nats, they added Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts accounted solely for the third run and brings back home runs or, or line drives every single game. How, how did the, why didn't the Red Sox try to sign that guy? <laughs> well, I think they tried to, Tony, and recognized he's going to free agency. And if he goes, he's not coming back here. Now, they still should have found a way to sign him before it ever got to that point. So they deserve to be bashed for letting a generational player get away. And we, we've seen it now in the postseason, Tony. He made a play three games in a row in, defensively in right field that basically nobody else can make. Last night he had a home run. So he's now got two World Series homers, one off of Clayton Kershaw, and one in support of Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> right. But right. it was the way he ran the bases last night that helped win that game, not just stealing second and third, but in an era where the base running is the worst that I have seen in 41 years of covering the game. He scored from third on a ground ball to the first baseman. There's a handful, maybe, of guys that could have scored on that play. But because he's such a smart, instinctive player, he knows how to take a secondary lead. He knows what a great jump is. He made it on that play when four other guys in the big league score on that play. But he's one of them, and that's what separates him. And that's why the Dodgers are where they are, because they spent the money to go get a guy who is the secret sauce, who's everything they needed and didn't have in those other World Series appearances. So let me, I'll do one more micro question, I, I guess. Why did, I mean, Kevin Cash is Captain Hook most of the time. Why did he leave Glasnow in for more pitches than he'd ever thrown in his life? Uh, I don't know, Tony. I was sitting next to Mark Teixeira. It's so comforting to sit next to a big leaguer when you have a question you can't yeah. answer. Not only is that the most Glasnow had ever thrown, it's the most that any raised pitcher has ever has thrown since 2018. It is the most that any pitcher on any team has thrown in this postseason. Now, that kid is 6'8", he's strong as a horse, he is um, and has great stuff, but he didn't have any command of anything last night. He bounced about 12 pitches last night, and I cannot believe they sent him out to start the 
the sixth inning, the fifth inning last night when he yeah. was as bad as he was in the fourth. He threw 30 pitches in the fourth inning. That's called a high-stress inning, and after innings like that, you usually get the hook, and instead they sent him out. 112 was just too much last night. I agree with that. I, I do. Um, I, 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 these are the best two teams in baseball, right? And this is essentially offense versus defense. Am I correct on the matchup in the series? Well, they're the two best teams. Um, the offense for the Dodgers is demonstrably better than the offense for the yeah. Rays, who led yeah. the major leagues, Tony, in strikeouts, their hitters, and they yeah. struck out basically 11 times per game in the postseason. But they, 72% of their runs heading home into runs. last night were scored on homers. Yeah. And if you can keep them in the ballpark like every other team out there, you can win. That's how you win. You prevent runs and you hit home runs. That's how you win. So we have now a traditional World Series in the sense that there are days off. This is the first time in the playoffs that there are any days off. Of these two teams, it usually means something for pitching more than anything else. Of these two teams, does one reap the benefit of that more than the other? Um. I think it's about a push. The, the, the Rays at least had their top three starters on full rest heading into this, which was an advantage for them. But with the way both teams use their bullpens, and we're going to see a ton of bullpen use before we're done. Tonight. Tonight. I, I think they yeah. both get benefits of having an off day because now you can use your best reliever uh you know, three days in a row because you get an off day in there in order to give him an extra day's rest. This, this, this is the big change, Tony, and you know it, how often we use our bullpens and they can use all the rest they can because even in a 60-game season, they're pretty tired this time of year. Um, game one is the easiest loss to overcome in a seven-game series. Uh, the Dodgers look like they're going to have a bullpen game tonight, starting Gonsolin. Who knows how long he'll go. They'll bring in the red-haired kid. Who knows how long. He'll go if he could ever even find the plate. And Tampa has a, a, a good pitcher. Snell, Blake Snell is a very good pitcher. I would think that you would favor Tampa tonight, or am I wrong? Um, I would favor Tampa tonight. But here's the difference, Tony. Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May, the red-haired kid, they're the yeah. only pitchers in the big leagues this year to throw rookie pitchers to throw 40 innings with an ERA under three. The only two rookie oh. pitchers, and they're both on the Dodgers, and they'll both be pitching tonight. And May especially has spectacular stuff. This is the difference between the Dodgers and every other team, basically, is the depth of their pitching. They're going to throw two guys who were really good this year, and they're going to start them as a, in a bullpen game. That's how deep the Dodgers are. But but Blake Snell is a very good pitcher, but he only threw 82 pitches the last time out. He didn't pitch particularly well. He's going to have to do better than that because the Dodgers have Walker Bueller ready in game three against Charlie Morton, and that will be the best pitching matchup of the World Series. Charlie Morton is totally lights out in the postseason for a number three guy. It's sort of like John Smoltz when he was a number three guy and was great in the postseason, better than Glavin and better than Maddox, right? Right, and he has his last five postseason starts, he has a 0 0.67 ERA. He is really good, Tony, and this is why we love baseball. The light went on for this guy when he was like 34 years old, and he figured out how to carve up hitters with that great curveball and everything else. Plus, he can play the guitar. 
He's like a carpenter. He can build a table for you. He's also wow. the greatest barbecue expert ever. Apparently, he can make any sort of meat on the barbecue, and his barbecue situation is so acute. He can take his barbecue, hook it up to the back of his car, and take it with him. That's that's how important this stuff is to him. So I just jokingly wrote that he's like so good at barbecue doing meats, he should open his his own restaurant and call it Morton's. And yeah, well, Morton's. Some guy yeah. on Twitter, some guy on Twitter wrote to me, Tim. Uh, there's already a, a restaurant called Morton's. He he can't he can't call it Morton's. I, I was kidding. <laughs> You should never be on Twitter. It's insane. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> Good point, Tony. Uh, I haven't been yes, on Twitter. Stay off. We're, we're too old. Don't be on Twitter. Um, Andrew Friedman, he's in a win-win. What, you know, I guess the difference is with the Dodgers, they have more money to spend than Tampa. But what does this say about Andrew Friedman over the last 10 years? Well, he's not necessarily in a win-win, Tony, because they have won since the 88, and they're waiting to win under his regime. But what this tells everybody is that Andrew Friedman is really good at this. What he is really good at is drafting and developing players, finding someone who failed somewhere else, bringing him in, and then having the instructors, coaches, whatever, fix whoever that person is. He's the best at that. That's what he did with the Rays. Now he does the same thing with the Dodgers. But with all that money, after he fixes a few people and has a good team, then he's got all the money in the world to go get the final piece, in this case, Mookie Betts. So that's that's why he's such a great executive. He has a good eye for this guy over here. He could be good with us, but somebody's got to fix him when he gets here, and then he finds someone who can fix him. All right, I will get you out of here on this. Are you happy or sad that Houston did not get to the World Series? Um, well, it would have been a great story, but I'm wor- I would have been worried that the story w- would have taken away from the fact that we're playing the World Series, and the story would have all been about the whole cheating scandal, and we would have to mm-hmm. revisit that way too many times. And I don't think baseball, at the end of this bizarre season we're finishing, needed anything like that. And also, Tony, sorry, they were two games under five hundred this season. That's right. And that's never, never a good thing when a sub-500 team goes to the World Series. The two best teams are there, so that makes me happy. I'm not happy because the, the Astros didn't make it there. I think the right thing to do was have the two best teams in the World Series. By the way, uh, Jeff Lunau said again yesterday he had no knowledge of this whatsoever. And I was asked on PTI, do you believe him? And I said, no, I don't. No, I don't believe that. Do you believe it? You know him. No, I don't believe it either, Tony. When you're the general manager of don't believe the team, it. you know everything you better know everything that's going on with your team. So I, I I haven't talked to Jeff in some time, but I find that hard to believe. As close as he was with Hinch? That is not possible. It's not possible to me. It's just not possible. Thank you, Tim. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Get some sleep. Okay, Tony. See you. Tim Kirkchin, boys and girls, we will take a break. We will come back with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd will pick some games for us. I wonder if Chuck Todd knows about this helicopter stuff. I'd like to find (laughs) that out. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. 
Hey, everyone. This new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest to how to make sourdough bread, which both my children, Elizabeth and Michael, can do, to how excited we are that football's finally back, to the fact that I'm beginning to look like my father, dress like my father, <laughs> act like my father. Ugh. The spice rack. Oh, God. Yes, let's go get nutmeg. Let's travel 60 miles to save seven cents. I can't keep watching my dog run circles in the backyard and call that a spectator sport, although I do. But despite how talkative we all are, the people at Lincoln Financial want to point out the one conversation that most people still have not had, your financial plans. So do find time to talk to your loved ones about it, because the more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and retire. That's why Lincoln Financial is here to help you get the right questions to start your conversation at LincolnFinancial.com. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Ian Warrington, who's an emergency medicine doctor at Sibley. And he has recorded all of the tracks on this, a mix of violin, guitar, keyboard, and cello in the traditional style of Scottish and Irish music. This is, I'm going to get the name wrong. I think it's Lofkru Cairns. That's probably Celtic or Scottish or something, and I'm going to get it wrong. But these, the music is great. Michael, if people... God bless people who are emergency room doctors and <laughs> record oh, yeah. songs. But if people want to send their original music, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. All right, Chuck Todd is with us. Chuck had a bad week. He was 2-5, and five, so he's 20-21 and 21 overall. But again, we give him the games. He doesn't get to pick his own games. The killer game was, was the Giants and Washington. Because <laughs> if, if, you, if you kick the point... The worst you're going to get is a push, basically, on that, and you still have a chance to win if a touchdown is scored. You must have just been screaming at the set, Rivera, what are you doing? You're killing me. I, actually, it was, I, 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 you're, A, you're, okay, yes, you're right on that, on, on, on record keeping, but Rivera actually made the right call. You're like, you guys have no shot in overtime. Get out of yeah. here. You might just That's steal right. a win. Go steal the win. I mean, it was actually, it was actually uh, a smart play. By him, it wasn't. I guess they called him Riverboat. Oh, I'm going to gamble. It was the only shot they had at winning the game. It's a terrible. 100. percent Go for the win on the road. Go for the tie at home. I mean, but that usually means there's fans in the stands. But it's still, it's an yeah. adage that is worth keeping. All right, let's go to some games. Caroline, I think you. NFC. By the way, that's the way any NFC East game is going to go. Nobody so awful. Yeah, They're so awful. The They're terrible football teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carolina. I think you picked Carolina last week and lost. I did. Caroline is at New yeah. Orleans. This is a division game. Carolina is getting seven and a half. New Orleans must have had a bye last week because they did not play. Carolina plus seven and a half in New Orleans, where there will be some fans. Apparently, there will be some. So they're not playing in Baton Rouge. Oh, so that little Baton Rouge threat got the yeah. city of New Orleans to ease up. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I I can't quit Teddy. I I I still love this Carolina team, and this is a divisional game. That hook, yep. that half point. Give me give me all of that. Give me Carolina. Okay. Pittsburgh has two brutal games in a row. Pittsburgh is 5-0 and or 6-0, and whatever they are. They haven't played the greatest teams in the world, but you play who's on the schedule. There's nothing you can do about that. They've beaten everybody. Pittsburgh has at Tennessee and at Baltimore in a row. That's hard. This is at Tennessee. This line cannot be correct. It cannot be correct. Pittsburgh minus two at Tennessee. And that can't be correct, is it? Why? Why, Why can't that be correct? Because Tennessee's... Mauled. Pittsburgh's mauled all their opponents. 
Tennessee's right. really good. They got Derrick right. Henry and, and Tannehill. They're really good. Yeah, but they, you know, there's a reason they fired their defensive coordinator. They give up a lot of okay. points. Okay. You so know, they, 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 I, I, you know, I have to, I'll, I'll admit, I am, I think Mike Rabel is starting to become someone I don't want to bet against. Mm-hmm. I'd rather bet on the guy than against the guy. I don't like this spot, though, at all um, for either team. I mean, it does feel like Tennessee, after all that mess, they got through the Buffalo win. Um, I, I'm, so I'm going to take Pittsburgh here because I think they're, uh, I think they're in the better spot, but I, I'll admit I don't like being against Grable. Okay, I think, he's, I think this guy is Belichick Jr. I'm about it. He's the best he's one good. of all the people who have come out of the Belichick tree. He was the least known and is probably the best at this point. Did you? Read, good. There was this, and I, 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 you know, he's such an analytics guy. Apparently, with clock management, and all this stuff. There was some article in the Athletic I was reading two days ago about how he was. How he was messing, around, how he took an intentional twelve men on the field because he knew the clock would keep running, but it gave them a paw. I mean, he just—he's like wow. Belichick. He finds some sort work of the system, yeah, yeah, and he figured out a way to run the clock. You know, it's how you can get a penalty and still keep the clock running. Uh, anyway, it was just—you're just like, you know, of course, Fabrel thinks that way because that's the way Belichick thinks. Anyway. Yeah, I'd right, Seattle is at Arizona. Arizona had an enormous win. I mean, they just pounded the Cowboys. I mean, just destroyed them, completed nine passes and still got 38 points. They are at home. Seattle's been very, very good. Seattle, I guess, was off last week as well. Seattle is a road favorite, minus three and a half. Yeah, see, this is divisional game. Yep. Um, Seattle, they're the la- are they the last undefeated? No, Tennessee. Right? No, Pittsburgh. So Tennessee, no, Pittsburgh. And Tennessee. Pittsburgh, yeah. Tennessee, and Seattle. Um, I... This you, it's like and Seattle's had a lot of close calls. I, this could be a great game, by the way. This could be a real shootout. I'm going to take Arizona in the points. Um, I, 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 I'm I'm afraid of Seattle on the road, divisional game, all those reasons. Um, I, I Kyler Murray's not he's a little unreliable these days, but um, yes, he is. Yes, he is. But but this is also, I mean, like I said, Seattle feels due. For this loss, okay. This is they, they. They just. I just. I'm uncomfortable betting on them this week. I'd go the other way on this just because Arizona had I such know. a big win, and this is a letdown game to me. But we'll see. Yeah. San Francisco, which regrouped and beat the Rams, I think. Right, San Francisco is yeah. plus two and a half at New England. New England has no positive tests this week. They have a chance to practice. There's no coach in in football who uses practices more specifically. Then Bill Belichick kills them when they can't practice. Though I will say Cam Newton doesn't look like he can pass the ball accurately at all anymore. San Francisco across the country, plus two and a half at a New England team that may be desperate. And Mostert, uh, IR again, right? Out. Yeah, out. Yeah, IR again. Give me New England here. You got, I mean, New England at home, points, all the things you just said. This is a, they they got to win. They got to win. I agree with that. Kansas City um, pounded Buffalo. They're on the road again. They are at Denver. Denver had a surprising win. Denver beat New England, right? They beat New England. A surprising win. Kansas City is a road favorite. Divisional game nine. Nine's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just going to have an annoying fantasy football uh, um, note here. 
for some stupid reason, I decided to bench Denver's kicker and just put another kicker in. I really wasn't, you know, he's like, ah, that guy's, you know, they're not going to get that many points in, against it's New England. six field goals. The guy hit six field goals. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Kicker, that's like, that's like finding, you know, that's like the, 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 the biggest game of the year, right? No, you know, you got a what are you doing? field goal game once a year. Right. Anyway, I feel like an idiot. Mm. Um, mm. Get that spread again. I'm this, nine. You know, Kansas, nine. Yeah. Boy, in the altitude, Denver's defense is pretty good. They seem to slow the game down pretty well. That's a lot of points on the road. God, uh, this is stupid, but I'm going to take Denver. That's too many. Stupid. Points. That's stupid. Thank you. That's, Thank you. Tom. You're right. You're Appreciate stupid. it. You're stupid. All right. Tampa Bay with a big win and the destruction of Green Bay. Ouch. They really did. They yeah, killed them. That was painful. Tampa Bay goes on the road to Las Vegas, a team that we're not sure about. We're not sure if they're good or not good. We're really not sure about Las Vegas at all. Tampa Bay is a road favorite, giving two and a half. By the way, how often have you said the phrase "road favorite" this week? Have you noticed a lot? It? A lot. Yeah. This is the third you time. You know this what and, and you know there's always fourth a Sunday. time. Fourth there's time. There's always yeah. a Sunday. There's always one Sunday in the first half of the year where you get a whole bunch of road favorites because everybody thinks they know everything and then it's usually the week that you know there's a crazy week coming anyway uh i'm gonna stick to the theme here uh and take the home dog i i well, you, you know, didn't you I, didn't do that with pittsburgh by the way you I didn't know, do that i know okay. i know and i'm i'm pro- you watch that'll be the one game uh that'll be the, the 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 one the one game where my theory works here's one more road favorite else. dallas which stinks <laughs> is at Washington, which stinks. And Dallas is somehow a three-point favorite in, in this game. A three-point favorite to beat Washington. Wow. So that means they're a six-point. Ask yourself this. So you're saying they're a so three-point favorite. This means they're a nine-point favorite at home? Yes. It's crazy. Do you, do you, I, you I, look. I, 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 what, look, I'll be honest. I was all in on Andy Dalton. I bought into the same BS that, 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 that you guys all talked up because I thought that's right. he can't be that washed. That's and right. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no. He could not move back there. He looked like a sitting duck in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that is one thing that the football team does pretty well is rush the passer. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'll take Dallas because I just can't bring myself to take the football team because this is also – uh, you got to win. Dallas is kind of, you saw the uh, McCarthy, um, the players are starting to grumble about. I McCarthy. saw the anonymous quotes. Yes, yeah, I did. I saw it. the anonymous quotes. Is this the beginning of what is going to be a really ugly divorce this year? Um, I don't know what Jerry Jones, here, here's what I would say. I said this yesterday on television. Mike McCarthy was an offensive coordinator before he got the job at Green Bay. Dallas has scored the fourth most amount of points in the entire NFL. The problem is defense. This number will stun you. Dallas has given up through six games more points than any team through six games since the merger. That's 50 years ago. They've given up more points than any team since the merger. Their problem is defense. That's it. Right, well, they could they could become an arena football league team. Yes, and then that would yeah, that sure. Would, you know, the no defense play it goes pretty yeah. well. It would yeah, go pretty well. I 
Thanks for not giving me the Jets game, but your boys will all take oh. the Jets. Jets are so. How about that? That's thirteen. I was speaking of road favorites, thirteen and a half points. Jets are—they're just favorite. dreadful. And guess what? If it were sixteen and a half, you'd still think about taking Buffalo. If it were eighteen and a half, you'd think about. Yeah. And you see Flacco? Oh my God! He looked terrible. You think mm. Dalton looked bad? Flacco I looked don't. really bad. By the way, he looked really. Is, bad. is he the elite? Is, is Joe Flacco elite? Well, he was in his mind for a while, but it's been a long time, I would say. I missed that debate. I missed that debate. Thank you, Chuck. All right. Thank you, Tony. And and if we just gave you Chuck Todd from Meet the Press, if we just gave you that, that would be enough. But we give you Reginald the Monkey. Sing along. Rich, rich, scratching. his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo. Zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bite. Bite, 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 too. Boo, boo, boo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker, blue. All right, where'd you find him this week? Where'd you find him? <clears throat> how, did, how did Reginald do last week? Reginald was 2-1. and one. He's now 8-10 oh. and ten overall. 8-10 and uh-huh. ten overall. He's still, you know, trying to get back to Mount Hanging 500. In there. Yeah. Hanging in there. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I went down to his uh, his cage. He was actually at the National Zoo. And, uh, Mr. Tony, you'd be interested to know that uh, he was there with his tailor, measuring him yep. for some new dungarees. Some he wears, <laughs> Yes, he wears a 28-26. Is that something yeah, you well, could squeeze into? I don't really think I could do Just that. Just wait a few more years. He's Yeah, he's got a different <laughs> body type than I do, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So they took a break from that for him to pick some of these games. Now, the first game we gave him was Tennessee at home getting two against the Steelers. And I did not know this about Reginald, but he showed me some old film clips of him performing at the Grand Old Opry with Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis and then doing some comedy bits with Minnie Pearl. So clearly he's got ties to Tennessee. He'll take the Titans uh, with I the two I think I would, too. I think I would, too. That's just me. What else did you give him? Now, the next game we gave him was Seattle giving three and a half at Arizona. And this was just a lovely snapshot of him playing wiffle ball with Jim Zorn, Sean Kemp and Jack Sigma. So clearly he's got ties to the Seattle area and he will take the Seahawks and give those three and a half. I think that's another one. I think you agree with the monkey with, right? Um, I do. I, I just think Arizona is not going to have a great game, but you know, I'm wrong 60% of the time. What do I know? Well, the, the monkey's been wrong a lot as well. So we'll see. But, uh, in the last game, of course, uh, the Washington football team at home getting three against Dallas. And this was again, another, a little video clip of him riding one of those tandem bikes where there's lots of seats on it. Uh, yeah. and he was uh, riding along with Dave Butts, Jay Schrader and Calvin Muhammad, some of the old great Redskins. So, uh, he clearly this game. Tied- We'll get it's going to get an enormous viewership because it's Dallas. Dallas, Dallas we want Dallas. Yes, it's, we want Dallas. This game is and it may it may end up as a good game, but it's just a dreadful, <laughs> dreadful. You know, as you sit down and prepare, you go, I don't want to watch that. I'd rather exactly. go out and play golf with Pinnacles. Fight on, right. fight yeah. on. Do just you awful. have one? Just awful. <laughs> Dallas is so bad, and and it's Washington terrible. has been worse. Yeah. So. By the way, if Washington, okay. if Washington wins that, conceivably they could be in time for first place, right? Yeah. Sure. The path is <laughs> still open. Sure. It's open. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back with email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the FitBot ad. It, it's, it's so voluminous. It's like a seven-minute ad if I read all of it. 
Um, uh, whether you're new to the gym or you've been lifting weights for years, it's hard to find the right workout program and stick to it. If you've ever gone to the gym without a plan, you know how overwhelming the weight room can feel. Even with a trainer, it can be hard to know if you're pushing yourself too much or not enough. But with FitBod, you get a truly personalized fitness program that adapts as you go. You use this, right, Nigel? You use FitBod? I do, and I'm so grateful to have Talk about this it. now. Talk well, because because I'm not going to the gym, and I have not been to the gym for some time. I just it's not somewhere I feel safe going into right now. I don't have you know a lot of equipment, and Fitboard is fantastic because it'll tailor me. What do you want to work out? What body part do you want to work out? How much equipment do you have? Oh, you don't have any equipment? Great, we'll still find things for you to do. How often you want to do it? It's just a great workout companion. It really has helped me through. Uh, this uh, these you know, sort of lockdown that we've been dealing with without gaining 700 pounds. Fitbod companies combines rather Fitbod combines the knowledge of fitness pros with a powerful machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. You get a program tailored to your unique body experience and environment. They're balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercise to keep you sharp. So you put information in and they give you a workout, right? Is that yeah, how it, it works? Exactly. You give them all your dimensions. You tell them what you what you're looking to do and how experienced you are. All that sort of. They really okay. tailor make it to your specific skill set and what you're looking to do. It's easy to use. It even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava or Strava. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but Fitbod's only nine dollars and ninety nine cents a month or fifty nine ninety nine a year. Plus, you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. Get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at fitbod.me, M-E slash Tony. Try Fitbod for free for one month when you sign up today at fitbod.me slash Tony. One free month, fitbod, F-I-T-B-O-D, dot me, M-E slash Tony, and use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. It just makes me happy all the time. It's Tom Lofgren and Ronnie Neumeyer. It makes me so happy. Nigel, give us the Bethesda Bagels ad. Oh, yes, we love Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. For the location nearest you in the D.C. area, just go to BethesdaBagels.com. Uh, we got the bagels, lots and cream cheese today, but we also get the uh, the bagel sandwiches from time to time. So stop on by. You'll find something you love, and uh, you'll always go back. Uh, that'll do it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, I just want to say that she said there is no reason, and the truth is plain to see. But I wandered through my playing cards and would not let her be. One of 16 Vestal Virgins were leaving for the coast. And although my eyes were open, they might just as well have been closed. That is Proko Harem. That's one of the great weird tunes of all time, um, based on Chaucer, apparently. Um, I hated Chaucer. One of the with the shores of Suta. I hated it. I like Shakespeare. I hated Chaucer, but I love that song. Love that song. Thanks to our song. guests today, Tim Kirkjian and Chuck Todd. Thanks to our sponsors, Lincoln Financial, Amazon Prime, FitBod. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. This is a haiku from Shad about the golf balls. Difference between TaylorMade and Pinnacle, three real angry pars. <laughs> this is from Aaron Clark in Atlanta, Georgia. 
Listening to your story about how angry you were when someone hit your ball reminded me of an experience I recently had at the TPC San Antonio. Playing as a foursome, we let a twosome play through on a short par four. We'd already teed off, but told the pair they could go ahead. One of the guys, shirt untucked, terrible swing, hooks one left into the fescue. Not thinking anything of it, we drive up after they clear the green. I look for my ball, which was clearly in the first cut, about 50 yards short of the green. That ball, however, was nowhere to be found. My playing partners all agreed that's where my ball was, and they must have played the wrong ball. This infuriated me with the Russell Westbrook anger of a thousand sons. Fortunately, they were still on the next tee, so I walked up. I politely asked if they mistakenly hit my ball. Indignantly, he declared he hit his own ball with his own mark, and I was mistaken. With a smug tone now, I said, Can you look on the side of the ball and see if you see a green AC on the side? Don't judge me playing personalized golf balls. It was part of a Titleist buy three, get one free pro. Obvi. Wouldn't you know it? There were my initials, and he sheepishly gives the ball back to me. Affirmation, baby. From Robert in St. Paul, Minnesota. It struck me as really strange the other day when you announced on PTI that you didn't think you had a Wikipedia page. Really? Are you honestly not aware of what Wikipedia is? The word portmanteau has a Wikipedia page. The XFL powerhouse DC Defenders have a Wikipedia page. Upon pulling up your entry for Tony Kornheiser, appearing much lower in the predictive search than Tony Romo, Tony Shalhoub, and Tony Award, the reader is able to learn interesting things and insightful facts about your life. Tidbits like your age, 72, occupation, restaurateur, and how many times you played golf with President Obama? Seven. Well, that's not right. Your writing style is described as sarcastic. No way. Your hoffs and wafts are a bit excessive. You're also quoted several times, notably stating whose guts you hate. Overall, it's an okay read. 6.5 out of 10. Could use a little more excitement, but what are you going to do? It's just, I mean, Must none of it is over true. the vacation section. Like, none of it is true. I didn't have anything. To, I haven't read it, but I can't imagine it's true. From Steve Clemenson in Edgewater, Maryland. I bet I know who took your ball Sunday. It was Saliza, wasn't it? Too bad it wasn't a ball bearing, even though a pinnacle is the same thing. You could have put it in your slingshot and hit him right in the coconut before you went on the warpath tearing up the greens. Go get him, Grandpa. Don't let them whippersnappers ruin your golf game. From Steven in New York in the classic Bond film Goldfinger, one of the early plot elements is a golf match in which the title villain loses his ball in the rough and 007 craftily swaps out Goldfinger's Slazinger 1 with a Slazinger 7, which allows him to irritate the villain and win the match. Had you not skipped out on the 15th, I'm sure the same would have occurred this weekend. So in the nature of national security, I feel obliged to ask what your plans are for irradiating the gold at Fort Knox. I'll take your answer offline, and please don't expect me to die. It's good references there. Robert Staywick, uh, CEO of Spaceco Incorporated. Great story about the golf ball. I'm a member at Medina, playing one day with guests, and my guest ball got stolen on the 10th hole. He's playing a pro V1 Titleist, and the ball he hit was an eight-year-old Strata top flight. Went to the 11th green to catch the group in front of us, asked them, and one of the guys on the green goes, oh yeah, that's my ball. I said, here, I tossed it to him, and I told him I'll take the Pro V1 back. He didn't want to give it back, but his partners <laughs> forced him to. <laughs> Charles from Houston, Texas. Many of your rants resonate with me as I am an aspiring one percenter. I must say that no story has resonated as well as a story about the pinnacle golf ball. I've yet to reach the one percenter status, but I do indeed play golf. Every little that plays golf can more than understand your extreme anger. Recently, my golf partner and I were playing our weekly round. He hit his drive off the number one tee, and it strayed uncharacteristically right. We went to where we both tracked the ball. As every golfer knows, there's an immense joy in finding your $4.25 egg that was once lost. As he selects his club, he looks down and notices that the ball is marked noodle. The look of disdain on his face was remarkable. He immediately remarked, who hits these crappy balls? I can see why they left this piece of junk behind. 
Ah, to be a golf snob. We trundled a few feet further right and happened upon his Callaway Chrome Soft. The unmitigated gall of those kids that took your tailor-made TP5. We both know they traded up and buy a lot. Keep the rants coming, Grandpa. Now, is Noodle a bad ball? Who's, who makes fine. Noodle? Noodle's not as bad as Pinnacle. Nothing's as bad as Pinnacle. Pinnacle's the worst. From Chris in <laughs> Gaithersburg, Maryland. I could feel your pain in your diatribe on losing your tailor-made. I've always played with nicer balls, generally Pro-Vs these days, and since I spend most of my time on public courses, I rarely find balls as nice as the ones I lose. What drives me nuts is when I see another player from a parallel hole either hit or bipta ball in pocket driving away with my ball. So a number of years ago, I started taking my Sharpie and writing in big letters, don't touch Chris's ball. I would think that banned from the Tony Kornheiser show would keep those thieving hands off your precious ball or more will disappear and we'll find them for sale on eBay. That's Chris in Gaithersburg. And just one other one, and this was a reference that we made when I talked about my friend Peter Lazarus saying that Louise Glick is not exactly Shecky Green. This is from Bert Skolnick. Dear Tony, you blew me away with your reference to Shecky Green last week in relation to a Nobel Prize winning poet. I lived in the same Chicago neighborhood as Sheldon, as he was known then. And although he was my older sister's friend, I will tell you he was a born comedian and quite funny then. Love listening to the podcast. Big fan, Bert Skolnick. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, everybody, do wear white. Later, he gets the rebound, passes it to the man, <laughs> shoots it, and boom, and goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs>